Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, though. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm here as I am most most weeks, at least most weeks, by my co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter, otherwise known as NFL Draft Talker. Hey Jake, how you doing? I'm doing good, Pete. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. We're in the middle of a, a startup draft right now for the Trade Addicts Leagues. We're in Trade Addicts 7, and we thought uh, for this episode, especially before the draft, instead of talking about you know anything relevant for the draft, we, we'd actually just talk about our league. We figured, who all's in this league, Jake? I, I, I'm not even sure. I know the, the obviously the Trade Addict podcast guys are in there, Brian and Russ. And then it's our good friend uh, Bobby Koch at Rec Fantasy. Clint Fowell at Fantasy DHH or Pastor, I think it is. Um, Doug Eddy and Tyler Gunther are sharing a team, the DHH crew. And then we have Memphis from um, the Dynasty Warzone podcast. Uh, Our good buddy Gabe Gearing from the Open Bar. Casey Kasem is here. Uh, Kev Wheeler, Michael Sipes, you said Riley, and me and you. It's a a pretty good group. It's a nice little, it is a good group. It's a really fun group, I'll say that. I'm having a lot of fun in there. And we'll treat out um, Bobby, Bobby Koch um, at Rec Fantasy has already tweeted out the link to the startup so people can follow along. We'll try and tweet that out as well as all their handles. I was wondering if any team stuck out to you other than your own, and we'll get to that monster in a second, but who else seems to be doing pretty well or went a different way than you would i mean it's pretty early on i mean we're, we're at the end of round six right now i think right yeah. so 
I mean, most people's teams are pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I would say the teams that are standing out for me, I know uh, I think Bobby's doing a really good job. You know, I've made a bunch of trades. I've traded up. I've traded down. I made a pretty big jump up and gave Bobby some nice value where he got to just format-wise. This is 12 teams. This is PPR. This is Superflex. This is tight end premium where the tight ends get 1.75. So that definitely played a factor on these tight ends getting drafted where they did. Was there any any particular teams that stood out to you? I thought uh, Pastor, Clint. Yeah, I think he's sneaky. Um, I, I think yeah. DHH Pastor, Clint's team really stood out to me. He did a similar move to what you did at the start, but they're kind of going unnoticed because you've been so active in the trades. But um, Pastor also managed to get three picks in the top two. You also managed to stack an extra 2021st, I think, quietly. And while everyone's trying to sell their 2021st, he actually picked one up. Have you ever seen this many trades going on early? We're just into round six, like Jake said, and we've had 15 trades. That That's over my average in a startup. This has to be the most I've seen in a... But I haven't done a snake in quite a while either, you know? It's been a while. It's probably been a couple of years since I did a a startup snake draft so just to start from the beginning the, the league starts off with people obviously trading back in the first round the the group chat started with everyone offering to trade back so i actually didn't think we we're gonna see many of those trades because um like bobby said if everyone wants to trade back then no one wants to trade back because there's no one to trade up but you right. and dhh pastor as i mentioned found a way of doing it so did you just send a lot of offers out or did you get offered that no i sent a bunch of offers out so like like my, I got the 102. I didn't want that early of a pick. Um, I knew Saquon was going to go uh, 101. And I figured that there might be a little market for Pat Mahomes. Um, he didn't end up going to. I was just hoping to move down. And like one of my favorite strategies in the first round, if you have like a top five pick, I think it's a great situation, especially in Super Superflex where you know like Pat Mahomes at least is going to go. I think it's a great strategy. Like if you can trade down, stay in the first round, and then pick up an additional like third or fourth rounder for free, I think that's like the best move you can make. And um, you traded it with Casey Kasem, um, who is just fantastic. <laughs> She's wonderful and a whole lot of fun as she's almost more found in a group chat than on twitter which i didn't think was possible and she's actually got a lot of flack for the her, the trade she's made early here and she's even called mm -hmm. herself out but looking at the trades that happened i actually don't think she made a bad trade she traded up to get zeke and that's not a bad value that's not a bad guy to target in dynasty i think what happened here is that you got two you like you said you traded back to the six and then you traded back again to 109 and that created so right. much value for you later that you've been able to kind of move up and down the draft so easily that your name comes up every three messages jake made another trade jake's made another trade and i think that's what happened i don't think casey's made a bad trade here either of them um i think sure. it's just that you've managed to create so much value for yourself and name's been attached to it like for me it was like those first at least 10 players were basically in a similar tier for me and it was tough because McCaffrey was on the board or actually I think I made that trade before I was actually on the clock at 106 um, and McCaffrey was still on the board and like I would have taken McCaffrey and I would have been really excited about it so I was a little at the like at the time where that happened where McCaffrey actually fell mm. to 106 I was actually a little bit disappointed but then I traded back to 109 and I got Devontae Adams so I felt fine with that do you think that the way the draft felt 
it's pushed you into wide receivers more than you're generally comfortable with? Because your team right now looks um, very wide receiver friendly right now. It is, but that was also my strategy going into it. Um, unless, unless a running back fell. Like, I was... I was all in. I was if I stayed at one or two, I was either going to take McCaffrey or Zeke. Actually, I would have taken a running back there. So the board did kind of fall to me in a sense where I felt like wide receiver was the value. But what pushed it over the charts was the the settings for this league is it's super flex. You can start anywhere from one to six running backs, one to six wide receivers, or one to six tight ends. So in a format like that where you only have to start one running back, for me, like as the board fell, like the tie breaks went to the wide receivers. Just because they are more stable and I can if you know if I can start five or six wide receivers that's great it's a combination of the way the board fell and kind of my initial strategy going into it so the other move that you made that i wanted to talk about a little bit was um you took george kittle in the second round um that was actually i like to think purely on the advice of ryan mcdowell you made the pick live on air on the open bar (laughs) which is a live podcast that records on youtube and also gets released like a regular podcast but ryan was in the group chat and he suggested george kittle and then you took george kittle so i'm just saying you got advice from ryan mcdowell and that's not a bad place to get advice from But yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? Like how how tight end premium or that scoring really affected you? Because for that to me, it's right. never been enough to jump into the top two rounds. So yeah, I mean, it, like I discussed on the open bar, it, I was I was really stuck because it was between Aaron Rodgers, who would have been on off off the board for quarterback seven, which I thought it was a crazy value. Um, Julio Jones was there, who's one of my favorite guys. And George Kittle was there, so um, it was. It, I was stuck, and honestly, I just I wanted some advice, and you know, I'm not afraid to like bounce things off people too, because anybody that podcasts or writes or whatever, it's like we're none of us are perfect. None of us feel like we're above reaching out to people. Another part of my strategy, because we have so many experienced players, I feel like. In these type of leagues, quarterbacks do fall a little bit farther than maybe some other startups. I mean, the fact that, you know, Rodgers was there in the late second, almost third round, I think. Also, Connor made a great point on the open bar. Rodgers had a down year last year. There's a lot of stuff going on this offseason that's, you know, kind of demeaning him his character. If he has another down year and he's like 34, 35 years old, his value really could plummet. Um, yeah, I was wondering, because the thoughts crossed my mind where it's a trade edX league and we've had 15 trades in the first six rounds. Four of them you've been a part of, by the way. It feels like you've been a part of every one, but it's actually um, less than 30%. Kittle has major value, especially where people do value that scoring system. Um, and I thought maybe that influenced your decision. Like, I was expecting you to take Ingram maybe at some point because he just did continue to fall. Even I considered it yeah. at a few spots. The scoring was the reason i took kittle there it was if it was if it was if it was straight ppr there's no way i would have taken him in the second round 
cool. I thought I also thought more tight ends would have gone by now, though, too. You know? Yeah, me too. Like I said about Ingram, and I think Howard's still <laughs> yeah. on the board. And he's, Howard's still on the board, which I was, I'm honestly shocked about. He's ranked ahead of Ingram by a lot of people, and he's still on the board. What I was actually going to say is, me being me, I made a sheet, obviously. So I've got a lot of draft picks, and I'm comparing it to DLF positional ADP based on April and from Ryan McDowell, funnily enough. QB is actually the most overdrafted position for us right now. If I do a sum calculation on how much higher we've taken quarterback in positional ADP in our draft compared to DLF ADP, we're actually 17 spots ahead of positional ADP, four spots ahead for wide receiver ADP, only two spots ahead um, for tight end ADP, and we're right on the money with running back overall. Um, But if I filter by the biggest value, so anyone that's been selected um, three or more spots above their DLF ADP, there's only three players that come up, and that's Christian McCaffrey. He went as a running back five, and he's currently ranked as the uh, running back two by DLF ADP. James Conner went as a running back 12, and he's currently ranked as a running back nine based on DLF ADP. And uh, Dak Prescott uh, is the only other player that's been drafted um, ahead uh, of his positional ADP by three or more spots. He's actually been drafted as the quarterback 14 um, when he's actually valued as the quarterback 10 according to DLF ADP. Um, you know, I, I love James Conner. Uh, but again, I I would think that the this, this scoring settings, as far as lineup restrictions or whatever, you know, only having to start run, one running back would definitely play a role in devaluing running backs a little bit. Um, but I guess that has nothing to do with the differentiation between the ADP and where he actually got drafted. So I would imagine that James Conner valuation is kind of all over the place. Like some right. people see him as probably like RB7 or 6. And some people see him as probably like RB16. So I think he's probably a little bit over the all over the board. I think people are buying into Jalen Samuels getting some more of that backfield. So, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it strikes me that Dak Prescott being drafted below his positional ADP. I actually think he went a little early. I was expecting him to fall a little more. Um, And I blame you. I think you trading back in for uh, Kyler Murray there started a QB run just a little early. But he still went um, four spots, again, below uh, where his positional ADP is. And that kind of stuck out to me a little bit. And the fact he's the only one being drafted more than three spots outside of his positional ADP. We're we're pretty... we're, We're following... Along with expected value more than I thought, and um, considering some mm. players seem to be going early, prospects being drafted behind their positional ADP according to um, DLF. So these are prospects that are being drafted. We drafted higher than DLF currently ranks them. In other words, um, again, three spots or more. And um, David Johnson was actually my fault. Uh, I drafted him um, five spots ahead of where he is in DLF ADP. He's running back eleven in April for DLF. That's crazy. I know, right? That's insane. I drafted him as a running back six, and if I didn't take him, I'm pretty sure he still would have been the running back six. I remember cursing you in the chat when you took him because I really thought he was going to fall to me. And that's... That would have been a value where I would have taken a running back there in the second round. Yeah, I figured that's uh, the main reason I took him. Like, I definitely would have taken him over George Kittle, for sure. Um, Wheeler actually took Matt Ryan three spots ahead of where he is in DLF ADP as a quarterback 10. Mitch Trubisky got drafted five spots ahead of his DLF ADP. He's quarterback 16. 
Secunda DLF, and we took him as the quarterback 11. Darius Geis with three spots ahead as running back 13. So we actually drafted him outside the top 12, and that sticks out to me a little bit, um, considering the hype around him last year. Or maybe I'm wrong on that. I think it's a little high. Okay. Honestly, that's, that's, I mean, for me, if I wasn't going to get one of those top and Joe Mixon, David Johnson were kind of like that tier for me. Like if one of those guys would have fell to the second round, I would have been all over him. I tell you what, running back value is something I've increasingly have trouble wrapping my head around. Like um, one question I have is Todd Gurley has dropped to the end of the first round in a lot of drafts. And that's because he missed a couple of games in the playoffs, right? But Dalvin Cook, his value has remained steady despite the fact his main positive is he managed to play a couple of games in 2018. (laughs) So... He's young. He's younger. Is he that much? He's a couple years younger, you know? All right. It's just Um, the age, I think. But listen, I'm I'm right there with you. I think think the girly fall is overstated it's overblown what it didn't didn't bobby take him at like 104 so i mean bobby took him over christian mccaffrey which i thought honestly i thought was a little bit surprising but i think that's where you should right where you should be i think that's right i think Gurley should still be in the top five running backs like for sure. I think overall ADP, Todd Gurley's fallen behind a number of wide receivers, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why he's falling more than anything else. So we, we feel pretty comfortable with where he is in running back ranks, but the running back ranks have fallen. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, where was I? Philip Rivers got drafted five spots ahead. And I think this is a product, this is where Superflex starts to kick in, right? We're drafting them a little early so we don't get sniped. Well, the people that, the people that wait on quarterbacks, and this me. is, this is <laughs> you, <laughs> Sipes, Sipes who took Philip over, like, waited for that second qu- quarterback, uh, me trading up for Kyler, you know, like, you do end up reaching a little bit on value. Yeah. You, you do get into a sticky situation where you're like, I do need two starting quarterbacks that I somewhat can rely on. That's exactly like, um, <laughs> like uh, someone tried to call me out my Superflex ranks the other day and we didn't get to get into the conversation because the podcast had to end. But um, mm-hmm. that's basically my answer for why I do it. I rank the top quarterbacks low, and then I rank the mid-quarterbacks higher. Like, I'll reach for those guys. And my general idea is I'd rather pass on some prospects I think can do it for a chance at the prospects that I know can do it yes. than the other way yes, around. that's very true. Yep. For, for me, like, when you take quarterback really early and, like, you're really strong... I think it is very stable for your team, but I also think it's it's like kind of a boring build where right. you're gonna you're gonna make the playoffs, but it's I think it's also gonna be in a position where your other positional assets are gonna be difficult for you to like win the league. I think you're more it's not that it's likely, like players that do that. Riley Bymaster has taken Mahomes and Baker, and it's hard to criticize that, but I do think because of the unknown in there compared to um you know the running backs and wide receivers you can have, it you just you're opening yourself up to being in rebuild year two <laughs> a lot more right. than if you don't. Okay, moving down the list, Alan Robinson went five spots ahead of DLF ADP still as wide receiver 20 which still seems like a great value there by Gabe from the open bar actually I took uh, again where I was reaching along with uh, FF Blitz there I took Derek Carr five spots ahead of his ADP as a quarterback 22 then Riley Bymaster which is one that's a little bit it's not a surprise to me but um, I guess I knew Riley was higher than Cortland Sutton but like it's one I didn't expect um, he took mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton as wide receiver 25 when he's wide receiver 30, according to ADP right now. So those are all the guys that we have um, 
reached for. And again, none of them more than five spots. A testament to the work Ryan puts into DLF ADP. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 very solid. And the quality and the quality of drafters he does get. For right, those. exactly. Yeah, he advertises for that fairly regularly. They're really good practice. I, I I join everyone he asks me to do. It's also a great way to not get in a bunch of startups. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, it, it really it really has more this year more than ever. And I know it's early in the off season, but it really has has helped me does help you not just like join leagues for no reason because i think it is important to be like in quality leagues with people that you like with good commissioning with good league settings it kind of sucks to join a league just because you have an itch and you're not really valuing you're not taking it all into consideration at the time we've had three rookie picks go and mm-hmm. you have two of them <laughs> so maybe i'd point out where they're going because i have i've been asked before like where do you draft rookie picks in a startup if you're doing it right now and um, well in this superflex tight end premium league the 101 went to jake at pick 4.08 i'm probably as high on kyler as anybody in this in our particular league i would imagine right you know, on the open bar, I said I'd probably put him at, like, quarterback 12 in Dynasty. And honestly, after I thought about it, I think I actually could put him up a little bit higher. But I would say I was listening to the Roto... Uh, it was the Roto World. They had fantasy football outsiders on there, and they were saying one red flag for Kyler Murray is that he was phenomenal in college. But where he really only played one statistically significant year... They say they weight experience in very heavily to their quarterback model. He and Haskins both only have one significant college career. And while they both grade out very well in that year, that experience is a fairly rough group in the NFL, but maybe not as good because he's like the prettiest girl in the bar right now. I'm still really high on him. I'll, I'll bet on that out. I'll bet on that outlier. Exactly, uh, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, he I, was behind Baker Mayfield. It's kind of the Miles Sanders argument there. You know, I thought I'd mention it. I'm gonna make you sweat somehow. Rookie pick 1.02 also went to Jake. So that's not going to be Nikhil Harry. This is going to be the one draft where Nikhil Harry doesn't go 101 or 102. Not necessarily. Whatever. Not necessarily. Whatever. You can't. You can't gaslight us, Jay. I'm not going to take Metcalf <laughs> just for the sh- just because I have him as my 101 right now. I, I, I mean, I figured this is just I, another trade. In the I generally don't. Yeah, that's. You're going to come <laughs> after my soul. I know. <laughs> honestly, I was looking at these assets and I said. I th- honestly, I think that's really good value for a 102 rookie pick, regardless. It went two rounds later at 6.09, yeah. so ex- almost exactly two rounds later, just in mm-hmm. case anyone's trying to get an idea of the value. And obviously, you're not going to give your picks away, but just before you before you say what yeah. you're going to say, is tight end, like, I'm seriously considering, especially in tight end premium, even me, I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know, maybe, maybe they're mid-round picks right now. I think in this format, they're they're definitely. definitely. I think they're definitely. They're not at one hundred two. Like you're not saying it can't happen, right? <laughs> I actually was thinking about this earlier today, but no, I don't think so. I but I think they're definitely mid round selections in this format. And yeah. and just a quick FYI, Jake actually released um, his pre draft rookie ranks overall and by position. So check out his Twitter feed for that. Um, rookie pick one point oh three went to Russ and Brian from again the Trade Addicts podcast guys, the guys running this league. Um, they took that pick in the seventh round, so less about half a round later. So once that one oh two goes off the board, one oh three followed pretty soon after that. 
Um, and I thought that was interesting. We haven't seen 104 go off the board yet, but those are the first three picks, and they've all gone in the first seven rounds. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to just get your thoughts on like your approach to. Well, I, I guess I should mention, you know, what I've done. I'm 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 hiding my shame right now, not talking about my roster a little bit. But no, I'm actually pretty happy with the way it's gone. I think the draft started to go away from me, but like I really did expect to be able to get Breeze and. Um, Dak Prescott, which has been my favorite quarterback start. I think the draft sped up a little bit. Um, you traded in for Murray, and it started a 5QB pick run. And so after looking at it pretty hard, what I decided to do is when other people are clearly dominating the draft and they've added extra value to their team, one of my thoughts is I can do one or two things. They can either chase them and try to compete with that. And my pick was a little later. I was picking at 1.08. Or I can do the opposite. And just a little bit or a lot, depending on how the draft's going, my thought is... I can bet against the idea that we know what's going to happen. So I still want solid players that I know are good, but instead of taking players at or above value because I think they're good, why don't I make a few crazy bets that aren't so crazy because we don't get everything right? Now that, like if I just take the good picks, my team's going to be really good, but there's no chance I'm going to, I didn't think there was a chance I was going to outkick my coverage. The only way to outkick my coverage is to get the things we don't expect. And so what I started to do after that first five pick run is started to trade back. Now one of the difficulties I'm having in this league is I don't spam offers, and you really should. I just said that to someone on Twitter. If you want an offer, you should go make trade offers. You shouldn't wait. I don't do very well at that. I'm much more targeted in trades. Like I want a player, I go feel out the owner or just ask outright, here's value or here's more than what I think is a value. Will you give this guy to me? And it's the same with offers I get. If you hit my value line, like I've mentioned before, it's just kind of an accept. I, I don't think I'm the best trader in the world. I don't. I think I'm solid and sometimes I get lucky. Mostly when people don't accept my trade offers. So the start of my draft is pretty straightforward. I went with Odell Beckham at 1.08, which I thought was really solid. At 2.05, I got David Johnson. At 3.08, I took Amari Cooper. That was a really tough choice. I was stuck between him, Brandon Cooks. I took Amari Cooper because I thought, and I just thought that Amari Cooper might carry more value. I honestly did factor that in than Brandon Cooks. I've had a few offers for Cooks on my other teams, and they always seem to be a little bit low. And in a trade addicts league, I thought... He's he's continually continuously undervalued exactly. so yeah. coming into the fourth round i just wanted to take the guy i'd passed on <laughs> which was adam thielen and i also knew you were coming up i actually mentioned to someone like i thought you were gonna trade in to get i thought that's where you're gonna use some yeah. account i was pretty certain you knew that i wasn't gonna let him get back to you if you didn't <laughs> and i followed through on that promise so i just took adam thielen and so in the fifth me, round that's when too. that qb run hit and i started to try and shake it up a little bit so i actually traded back from the fifth round and got some extra picks later. I didn't like how far back I had to trade back, but that's one of the things. I just decided to take that gamble and skip all the way to 6.05, but luckily enough, the QB run stopped, and so when it came back to me, I overdrafted, but only slightly, by one or two spots, actually. Drew Brees, just because there was a top 12 quarterback still on the board, (laughs) and I got him at quarterback, I think it was like 20, and that's just the fear of his age i guess but yeah i got drew Brees at quarter as quarterback 21 um and then i actually oh, auto drafted my next were well, you pre-drafted yeah you I pre- sorry yeah i pre-drafted yeah. Derek carr i actually got a very decent trade offer from riley Bymaster for that pick but because i had pre-draft selected i didn't get the chance to take that and that's how my draft has gone so far a lot fewer players than yours obviously <laughs> you've been doing so good um but that's how the draft went yeah the only thing i think you did a really good job um 
The only thing is, I, I you probably could have waited on Derek Carr. I think so. Um, I think everyone is so down on him. Um, knowing that I like him too, but I do have two quarterbacks, I probably wouldn't have taken him. You know, like so. That's the only the only thing I think you could have probably waited on Derek Carr, but um, that's nitpicking a little bit. No, I completely agree, and I noticed it. Like I said, I just set my pre-dress because I was going to have to step away from a while, and I didn't want to hold the league up. But again, and I, this isn't necessarily something I would ever tell someone to do, but I wanted that comfort. Like, I'm going to have to take shots on tight end late, just because that's generally my strategy. I'm going to have to compile a running back two. I don't want to have to be thinking about finding my quarterback two as well as we reach the mid, mid-range of the draft. Right. I have a question for you, because this is what I thought you maybe could have done, is taken the best rookie pick there. Yeah. And then dangled that for a better quarterback, you know, after the draft or something like that. But Yeah, definitely. Um, The other thing that actually struck came into my head more, like, that's a really good trader's thought, I guess. But I think I'm stronger in a draft than I am in trades. I just do... And one of the thoughts that always sticks out to me is quarterbacks are never cheaper than in the startup. I forget who said it first, but I know Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies and also John Bosch um, from everywhere, specifically Dynasty Game Night, DLF podcast, check that one out. Both of them has mentioned it, and that was in my head. Like, I, I just actually got talking to our friend Zinger about Mariota, who's ranked below these guys. That's actually who I thought you were probably I was thinking of there. him, and my thought was, because I was talking to Zinger, and we were talking about trade calculator values, and I was asking him, because I was plugging in trades and trying to see what I thought, and Mariota and Carl were both coming up as worth less than the 1.5. And I was like, in a super flex, in two QB leagues, don't we say that you should, like a first round pick for a starting quarterback is always pretty good, especially a mid round pick. And he said, and he's right compared to everything else I've checked it up against, that that's not true, that Mariota and Carr should be under that. But for me, what I thought of, again, more of a drafter than a trader was, would I trade either (coughs) of them for Drew Locke? And the answer was just flat out no. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, no. Right, and right. you're not probably not getting Haskins or Murray I get after it. the three. You're right from a trading perspective. I can probably, that that would have been the way to go. But where I, I guess where I'm more draft orientated, and I never really knew that. Like, this draft's been really interesting. No, I think that's a good perspective. But I was like, and you never know, you, ne- you never know how teams are going to value quarterbacks in Superflex leagues. Because some leagues... I hate to fall back on one of your, your sayings, but... At the end of the day, I've got to, if I fall back on something, it's going to be how I value them, not how I think I can get other people to value them. Because I can rely on me. Well, not, not, not a lot. I want to base it on what my decision well, not you're someone the, else. You're the wet blanket. You're the wet that blanket, too. right? That too. I'm yeah. just a wet blanket. I, I'm, football. I would say you're a little bit more risk adverse than I am. Especially in those type of scenarios, right? I take risks sure. with guys who are less likely to hit. And so, right? I, I'm right. taking the shots on Michael Campanaro and Jeff. Justin Watson, like grown a little bit from where I used to be. <laughs> like I used to really not care about risk, and I think I have grown like a decent amount from that perspective. But I, I'm still kind of like I like to be a little bit risky. You know, like I don't mind risking a little bit for a chance at something really great. So um, we have to get out of here for you, Jake. I'm doing it for you, and just kind of as an out, something I was thinking on was: Do you think talking to me? at all or this podcast has affected who you put where in your ranking like i i think i would be you know standing on a hill on butler and metcalf a little bit more 
if I hadn't been talking to you so often. So I was just... I think I think one of the biggest things that you and this podcast and just in general, like, I think it is because of you that I've opened up my eyes a little bit as far as just allowing different... I just, I, I don't know. I think it's definitely helped me evolve, especially a ranker, you know? Right. Next week, just to get out of the get this out of the way, um, I'm going to be doing a bunch of podcasts for draft week. I'm going to go on. I think it's it's going to be through the Saturday to Sunday feed with Paul Pertichese. We're going to do a post draft show on Thursday night, and then we're going to all meet. I think you're coming too for the Fantasy Joe's Drafter Party, which is just going to be an extension of that and talk about these guys from got drafted in the first round and probably discuss some players that are going to get drafted in day two um, from a fantasy perspective so that should be a bunch of fun and then i think we're doing the dynasty dummies live draft show on friday night to talk about you know round one and then also kind of live stream and talk about these rookies that are going off the board and getting our instant reactions because i always think that's like really interesting you know like what is everyone's initial reaction to that landing spot and that pick? And, um, like, I just love this time of year. and I love the draft. Like, I'm so pumped for it. Like, um, but, like, this is what we're here for. You're at the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create. Just grinds that tape It's the dynasty crossroads Where film is everything The dynasty crossroads Where numbers are the king There may not be consensus But we'll give you everything OJ Howard just went by Pastor. It's okay, my brain doesn't work. That's fine. I'm hiding my shame right now. Whatever. That bastard. Because I can rely on me. Well, not, not, not a lot. That bastard. You're not saying it can't happen. Whatever. It's okay, my brain doesn't work. That's fine. There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything. I'll bet on that outlier. That bastard.